0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is episode number 40. I will be your host, Delton Brack. With me today is my lovely co-host and wife, Haley.
1: And my eyeliner looks great today.
0: Surprisingly, after our workout, it still looks good.
1: Surprisingly.
0: Surprisingly.
1: I do not skimp on my eyeliner. I buy the good stuff. It is cruelty-free. <laughs> it, it lives and through it the it sweat. it stays on my eyeballs. It lives through the sweat.
0: Lives through the sweat. The Malthouse Games Podcast is a podcast about board games, tabletop games, role-playing games, and all types of games of that sort.
1: And good eyeliner today.
0: I realized I forgot to say that last episode. Oh, really? So someone was probably very confused for our banter in the beginning about what in the world was going on <laughs> with that.
1: Sometimes I don't know what in the world is going on with our banter.
0: It's because it's all over the place, which isn't always my fault, but it is a lot.
1: Yeah, it's okay. I am. Mine too. I'm hijacking this episode now. Don't do that. Okay.
0: You really every time you hijack something, it comes out wonky, and I gotta fix it.
1: <laughs> when has anything I have ever done come out wonky?
0: This is when I wish I could input the sound bites from previous episodes <laughs> that I've cut out or something <laughs> like that.
1: All the times I've burped are gone. Do, 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 yeah, do,
0: do, you won't do. stop doing that. Thinking I'll keep it in, and now I need to cut that out. <laughs> that way, it's still not in.
1: We'll make it. You just go beep. Well, I'm. Funny. I just
0: censor it. Yeah, censor it. Yeah, that's it. Well, welcome to the podcast. It is a Monday evening, as of right now.
1: Monday, Monday.
0: We are thankfully recording this a little earlier than we have been usually lately. That's beep. a weird sentence. We we are luckily <laughs> recording it earlier than usual because we've been behind and recording late the past several episodes.
1: But we're recording early this time because...
0: We're going to be in Ohio this weekend, going to the board game retreat, where we stay at a campground and play board games all weekend.
1: I was going to start another like 70s song about Ohio, but it's called Four Dead in Ohio, and I really don't want that to be the theme of our trip.
0: No, we don't want that at all. We want board games in Ohio to be the name
1: board games in ohio
0: there you go that's exactly what we're doing yes it is we were invited by our amazing patreon backer alan thank you Hi, alan, alan for backing us on patreon thank you allison for backing us and thank you jesse and katherine you are all awesome but alan invited us up to this board game retreat that he goes to every year and we are super stoked to go we fly in on friday and we're gonna start playing games that afternoon and play games all the way until Sunday when we have to fly back home. No sleep. Yeah, no sleep because then we wake up for work on Monday.
1: I don't go in till eleven thirty, because I make my own schedule.
0: I gotta be there at eight and it's gonna suck because we don't get back till like eleven thirty on the flight.
1: I'm asleep till nine.
0: You realize that everyone listening, you listeners, are going to be hearing this as we're on our last day there, and if it's in the evening on our way home. We are going to be missing Game of Thrones, the finale. Uh,
1: I got to stay off of social media.
0: So I'm hoping, though, if the plane has Wi-Fi, we can pull it up on the phone and hook up headphones and listen.
1: It's going to cost like $49 for a minute of Wi-Fi.
0: Worth it. Worth it so we can't be behind because everyone this season has been spoiling everything the minute the episode's over.
1: You have like six minutes after the episode's done before things start being spoiled.
0: That is an extremely true statement. It's annoying. But anyway, this board game retreat is going to be awesome and fun and a good time. So we're looking forward to it.
1: We are. Aside from Delton having the sniffles this week.
0: Sniffles and the coughs right now.
1: The only thing we've really done was go to Elk City. Yep. Go see my family. Yep. Go see my mama for Mother's Day.
0: And the grandparents.
1: Make us some pancakes. Yeah, those were good. And did some other stuff we'll talk about. And then we also watched a wrestling documentary series.
0: Yeah, Dark Side of the Ring. Our friend Brian, who has been on this podcast before, twice actually, uh, he got it on his Amazon Prime and let us have his login so we could watch it. And it's a very good series about a lot of the mysteries and strange things of happening in the wrestling world, especially in the 70s, 80s, and 90s.
1: We were watching one episode with the death of Gino Hernandez, who was a wrestler in the 80s. And... It mentioned this club called Starks in Dallas, Texas, and my mom was a fashion designer, Uh, went to fashion school in the 80s, and she would frequent this club. She has told me stories about it. I didn't know it was the hub of MMDA slash ecstasy in the United States from 84 to 88, which was when my mom was there.
0: Do you mean MDMA? MDMA. You said MMDA.
1: MDMA. I'm not (laughs) hip with the drug scenes. And the kids.
0: We really aren't. I just remember, like, initialism's better.
1: Initialism's better. But I have so many questions for my mother. She said she frequent that club all the time. There was a lot of hood rat stuff. I did some Googling. There's a lot of hood rat stuff that went on in Stark's club back in the 80s.
0: Your mom used to be a hood rat. That's all it comes she down to. She was a hood rat. She was a straight up hood rat.
1: She might be a Christian lady, but she's a hood rat.
0: Yep. I just want to do hood rat stuff with my friends.
1: That's all Rhonda did with her big boobed Kim friend. So she says.
0: Great. Yeah. But yes, documentary series, The Dark Side of the Ring, has been very good and very entertaining so far. A lot of death. A lot of death and just crazy stuff.
1: Four dead and wrestling.
0: What else have we been doing?
1: I think that's about it. It's been a pretty chill week.
0: We got a piano.
1: Oh, yeah, we did get a piano. And Dalton is so good at it.
0: She's She's lying. I'm literally just learning how to use my fingers. That's basically That's the piano. I hate you. But we bought a cheap piano off Facebook. Somebody's kids stopped taking lessons, and it's old, made in like 35 to 40. Yeah.
1: 1935,
0: 1940, something like that, according to the serial number. We'll have to get it tuned at some point. However, for now, it's it'll work for me learning scales and how to move my hands on the keys and learning to use two hands while playing, which is extremely difficult compared to what I expected. I'm used to drums, though, so I'm okay with my hands doing different things. But not your fingers. But my fingers, yeah, it changes things a little bit. If one hand was doing, like, a chord, while the other one did something more specific, it would be easier. But that's just not always the case. Nope. So all in all, not too eventful. We went through Mother's Day, like we said, saw the family, got a piano, watching TV. It's about all we're up to right now.
1: And got some beer.
0: And we got some beer. I'm guessing that's the cue to open this one.
1: I want beer. Why do you think I'm doing this podcast? Because I love you and support you in your endeavors? No, for the beer.
0: That sounds correct.
1: Thanks, Brian, for the beer. Brian gave us a bottle of this beer. What do we have today, Delty Poo?
0: Yes, Brian brought us this beer for the podcast, so thank you, Brian, for this. Because we were out of beer options tonight, we realized, because we've drank everything. (laughs) Or at least most of the stuff that's new.
1: Yeah, well, the problem is we buy new stuff for the podcast. And to buy new stuff, generally, I mean, you can buy singles of some things, but generally we buy four and six packs of stuff. And so that four and six packs of stuff, we drink one of them, we split it on the podcast and the rest of them sit in the refrigerator for the next four to six weeks. Then we have like 45 cans of beer in the fridge and none of them are unique to the podcast.
0: We try to do the build your own six pack at some liquor stores. However, they don't always have a selection that's what we want or they don't always have like new and eclectic things on the single selection. Right. So it depends on the store, but anyway, this is from Harpoon, which is out of Massachusetts and Vermont. It looks like they probably have two breweries. This is their Dunkin' Coffee Porter, like Dunkin' Donuts, which I don't know if you realize Dunkin' Donuts changed its name just to Dunkin'. Yeah, I saw. Which is strange, but it works. So this doesn't have a descriptor of flavor.
1: What's the text around the orange label up at the top? That's
0: what I'm trying to look at. This porter is our tribute to all the days that Duncan has helped us fire up the brew kettle. Beloved Duncan Coffee brings robust, roasty notes to this balanced and smooth coffee porter. Under the flavor slash specialty, it has marked Classic Porter with Duncan Coffee, dark brown slash black color, an espresso aroma and a dark chocolate aroma, and then a taste of roasty, malty, and smooth. So let's look at that. Let's see the smell, espresso, and dark chocolate. Let's give it a whiff. Smells like a porter. Yeah,
1: which smells like espresso and dark chocolate.
0: Yeah, that's pretty accurate. The color dark brown black, that's definitely accurate. Now, the taste is supposed to be roasty, malty, and smooth.
1: I think the color is more dark black brown.
0: Don't be sassy to our listeners.
1: Sassy pants. Hmm.
0: I love how when we talk about how things look on the podcast, it just makes for bad podcasting. (laughs) What are you going to do? So, roasty, malty, and smooth. Is that accurate?
1: It tastes like the aftertaste of coffee.
0: It does have a nice coffee flavor. It's got a good mouthfeel to it, not too thick, which is nice. It is pretty smooth. It doesn't have a lot of that hoppy like bitterness. Being, you know, it's it's a heavier porter, so it, it leans on the smooth side. Uh, 6.0 alcohol by volume and 28 IBUs. It is very malty as well.
1: It's a lot lighter than I was expecting.
0: Lighter than I expected, but still heavy. Like, still it's a heavy porter. But it's not like... An overly heavy coffee porter. Do
1: you remember how ridiculously popular Dunkin' Donuts was in Rhode Island and Massachusetts?
0: They had the Dunkin' Donuts event center in Providence. Right. And there was a Dunkin' on like every block.
1: Every block. The one complaint I had about Dunkin' is that they automatically serve you coffee with cream and sugar in it.
0: Yeah, we stopped one time to get some and we had to take it back and be like, we don't want this. We want black coffee. Like, who drinks it with sugar and creamer? It's just not that. I feel like it's not as common as people make it out to be. Or maybe I'm just crazy.
1: We just want a black like our souls.
0: I just want a plain black coffee.
1: Used to not be like that, though. This bull used to drink a little bit of coffee with his milk and sugar.
0: I did, and I slowly weaned myself back on the sugar and the milk in it until it was just black coffee, and I felt healthier for it because there was a lot of sugar in my coffee back in the day because all I knew was, like, cappuccinos from 7-Eleven and stuff.
1: I'm surprised you have teeth.
0: Uh, barely. We had to go through that already. Enough about the beer and all this jazz. Let's get on to the game. Oh, here's the door. Uh, uh. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game.
1: For those of you who are playing the game, I'm here to say the game. What? I told you about this. There's this unspoken game that Uh has been going on since... First I heard about it was 2010 when my college roommate, my freshman year, told me about it. The rule of the game is that you cannot think of the game. And if you ever think of the game, then you lose the game.
0: The problem is, is we literally have a card game called The Game that we bought.
1: But this one's the original game. Dumb. My friend, uh, my college roommate was driving around Tulsa once, and she saw a license plate that just said The Game. And she she called me, and she was like, No. It's Infiltrated Society.
0: You're the only person that's ever talked about this, by the way.
1: Because I'm cultured.
0: I guess so. All
1: these board games, you don't know nothing (laughs) about the game?
0: Anyway, (laughs) the game of the episode today is a game called Blank, which is now published by Hub Games, who used to be called the Creativity Hub. Blank is designed by Henry Carmarack. Game development was Rory O'Connor and Michael Fox. Hi, Michael. The rules was Michael Fox and Pedro Pereira. Graphic design is Winnie Sheck. Illustration and design is Rob Dalton. And project management is Emma Goody. So Blank is a game that we received this copy from Michael and Hub Games directly as sort of a review copy. We have been trying to get through more of this game, and I'll explain why. That way we can give a good explanation of it, a good feel for it, because this game has something special.
1: And you will never play this game. What?
0: Oh, you will never play this game because every copy is going to end up being unique. I got really thrown off by what <laughs> you were doing there,
1: Elson. It's what
0: I was so confused. Sounds like second. a dad.
1: What like the what your dad would give you when he hears you mumbling a bad word under your breath? What?
0: Yeah, basically. So in blank, just like the name suggests, there are blank cards that have nothing on them except for a color and a number. Now the way blank is played is very similar to Uno. If there is a green four. On the top of the discard pile, you can either play one or all of, or any combination of, the green cards in your hand, or you can play one or any combination to up to all of the fours that you have in your hand, if any. Now, it's just like Uno, where if you can't play, you must draw a card. If you disobey any of the rules in the game, because there are three rules active on the table during the game at all times, then somebody can call you out where you've missed something and you have to draw a card. There is several of those penalties you can come across. But all in all, it plays basically like Uno. But the thing that really makes this game fun, and it keeps getting more and more fun, I feel like, the more we play it, is every time somebody wins, which is by running out of cards first, you get to take either a rule card or one of the other cards you play from your hand, and you get to create the text or the picture or both on that card. So some of them have a picture with no text, some have no picture, no text, and some have text but no picture. And you get to design the rest of that card. So it's neat because there are rules like if somebody plays a green, this happens. If somebody plays a red, then skip the next player's turn. If somebody plays a two or a four, this happens. One of our favorite ones is a card that you play, and you pick a player to then talk very slowly the rest of the game, which is always hilarious to see but you can design more of these cards as you go. And that's what really makes Blank great is it's a very simple game that anybody can grasp, but every single time you play, you add a new card that changes the game ever so slightly. And once you do that, building up and building up and building up and building up, pretty soon you have this giant massive deck of created cards with all of your friends' ideas on them. And it just makes for this unique experience where your copy of Blank is going to be unlike anybody else's.
1: So do you want to pull out some of the cards that we've created?
0: I can. So here's a taste of some of the cards we have created. So we, uh, in my hand, just for example, I have two rules we've made, and I have two playing cards we've made. So the two cards we play, I have one I called silent and deadly, instead of silent but deadly. Uh, I have a picture of a fart coming out of a butt. It's very poor drawing because it's me. And it says you keep this card in front of you until your next turn. All other players cannot speak. So that way you play the card, nobody else can talk until it comes back to your turn. Just kind of a fun little thing. Now, Allison made this card that says, keep this card displayed in front of you. You must use your hand as a trunk for the rest of the game. And I had that on me where my whole arm is basically a trunk. It's
1: an elephant trunk.
0: It's an elephant trunk because there's an elephant on the card. And it's just hilarious and also horrible at the same time.
1: I have a picture of it. I'll have to find it and see if we can post it.
0: Yeah, we'll have to find that. So we have a rule card that says a purple card is played. The next player must speak with a southern country accent. Y'all. Y'all for the rest of the game.
1: Which is basically just us as or, much as we hate to admit it.
0: I guess being a rule, it's any time a purple card's played, the next player has to speak with it for the rest of the game. So that's one of those rules that comes out very quickly because there is a way to get rid of rules. Uh, I think it's one of the rule cards that does it. That might be the only way. I can't remember. There's another rule card we have that I made. A player. If a player uses their phone, this is my way to dissuade people from using their phone during the game. If a player uses their phone, then that player has to draw five cards, which is basically getting a fresh hand. Yep. So that was my own personal way of, you know, preventing my friends that like to play on their phones too much when we play from slowing the game down when we're all trying to have a good time. And you can make cards like that, or you could make it a really strategic game and start adding more elements in uh, more complex things, more card draw, making other people play or draw cards, or, I don't know, make being playing a card that allows you to play another card. You can make whatever rules and whatever cards you want as long as you're the winner of the game.
1: And I have never been the winner of the game.
0: She has never been the winner of blank.
1: I have never won. I have tried so hard.
0: She tries all the time, but it's a very fun game. It's so simple and light. If you have anybody that likes Uno, bust this out. You'll have a good time. You're going to have fun laughter, and it doesn't feel as bad as someone playing a draw four wild on you, which is good. Now, we did get and have not yet gotten to it is Blank's expansion booster pack called Blank Dimmick. Uh, it's made by Colleen and Matt Leacock, who you would recognize Matt Leacock as the designer of Pandemic. So, Blank Dimmick is kind of that way, but it turns it into a legacy game essentially. Now, we haven't added this in yet because we wanted to get through majority, if not all of the creatable cards in Blank first. So we want to play it a lot before we introduce this that probably will make us rip up cards if it's a true Legacy style, and I'm pretty sure it is. But that's essentially how Blank's going to work. You'll play cards based on the number or the color, and you'll follow some rules and then follow what's on the cards. And it's just a fun time. Every time we've played it, somebody's laughing. Majority of people end up being laughing. Someone's having to talk slowly or do something ridiculous.
1: Normally it's Allison and I laughing because Delton somehow always gets the chunk card.
0: But the good thing is I'm not a fan of games that make you perform things. This one does it in a good enough way or a tame enough way that I don't feel like I'm doing anything crazy. So it's like the reason I've never played the game Happy Salmon where you have to like high five and run around the table and do all this exciting stuff. Just not my kind of game. It's a little too out there in terms of like, you know, putting yourself on the spot to do things. This has a toned down version, and I like that.
1: Delton, for the rest of the episode, you have to speak with the trunk.
0: That's not going to happen. Please. Nope, I'm already getting sweaty because it's hot back here. No, but Blank is super fun. We always really like it. And one of the things that made us think of Blank for this episode that we thought would be perfect to tie in is this weekend, since Blank is so close to Uno, we actually played Uno at Haley's parents with them. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic.
1: Any special way?
0: Make it a top-shelf topic.
1: Coming up. Enjoy. We did. So, there are two main traditions whenever we go to my parents' house that we always seem to do. One of those is drink a lot. Yep. Mom bought a lot of pocket shots. I told you from those club days. It was a little ridiculous. I had one. Yep. You had one. Yeah. Everyone else had all the others.
0: Yeah. I don't always want to drink that much. So I got wine this time so I could chill out.
1: So delt and I are over here being classy brought with our wine. But the other tradition is playing Drunken Uno, which is you take two decks of Uno cards and you follow whatever in the hell rule Rhonda and Hank decide are going to be the rules for the evening. That slowly progress or change as the night goes on and the alcohol flows.
0: That is correct.
1: So, but generally it's regular Uno, except in their version, you're able to stack cards. So, for example, if Dalton plays a draw four cards on me, and it's my turn, and I have a draw four cards, I can play that on top of that, and now Riley, my sister next to me, has to draw eight.
0: What they do is they take two Uno decks, and they put them together together. But they take all the basic numbers out of one of those two decks. So there's a ton of skips and reverses and draw twos and draw fours and wilds.
1: Which really makes the game wild.
0: It makes it ridiculous, especially at one point, was it draw 12 that somebody yeah.
1: got? No, dad got draw 16. I think he kicked all of us out of the will at that point.
0: He pretty much did. But then the way it works is that at the end of the turn, when someone's out of cards, when someone has Uno and then plays that last card, Everybody else has to add up their cards in their hand based on certain criteria where like if it's a number two, it's worth two points. If it's a reversal, it's worth 20. And if it's a wild, it's 50. 50. Yeah. You add those up and you want the lowest amount of points.
1: To put this in perspective, after we played three rounds, Delton had 147. Dad had 1,500 points.
0: Yeah, he broke 1,000. So he was doing very, very poorly.
1: Very, very poorly.
0: But it's one of those things that we thought would come in perfect as a topic for this episode of house ruling games. Because that modification onto Uno is a big house rule. It's where you take a game and you make it what you want it to be by changing the rules to what you want. Yeah. So nice and simple. So a lot of people tend to house rule games, I feel like, especially those family games. One of the biggest things you see in Uno is those stacking of those uh, draw card cards, draw 2, draw 4. Nobody ever plays the draw 4 where it's like you can call BS. You know, that's that rule oh, that nobody right. knows about where it's like you can only play it if it's like you can't if you can't play on top of the discard, you can play the draw 4, but your opponent or the next player by you has the ability to call bullshit on you. Right. And if you were lying about not being able to play, then you have to take those 4, which I think changes the game dramatically.
1: And boy, the better.
0: I think so. But that one's very, very house rule, and so and so's Monopoly. Free parking. Free parking is a big one. Putting the taxes and things you pay in the middle of the board for free parking.
1: Oh, man, that would be amazing. But that's not how the rules work.
0: And it makes the game go on so long because someone will just get a jackpot of stuff and then just keeps them going. Keeps them going. But a lot of people house rule many, many other games. I know a lot of people house rule Carcassonne, where you draw a tile at the end of your turn so you have everyone else's turn to be thinking of where to play it. And Kingdom Builder, people draw three cards instead of one. That way they can start planning out and have a little more decision space.
1: See, we don't really play a lot of house rules in our games.
0: I don't like playing house rules, personally. I don't mind it when it's a family game like Uno and stuff. But when it comes to the modern board game world, I don't like to because those games have been published with the rule set for a reason. And I feel like if it has to be house ruled to be better, then how good is the game at its base? You know what I mean? Like, It's almost like if you sold somebody a vehicle and they immediately had to change something on the vehicle to make it better. It's like, okay, well, then obviously it needs to be changed from the base. I don't know. I kind of feel that way about it. That makes sense. It's my own thing. However, some people, and I'm going to call Alan out on this, Alan house rules everything.
1: The Candyland. Tell him about that one.
0: I don't remember that one.
1: So from what I remember from his podcast, whenever he plays Candyland, he has like a push your luck element. where you Because in Candyland, you, you draw the color, and that's the tile that your person goes to. Well, if you draw a yellow tile, and that's right next to you, you can push your luck, hope for a green, or hope for a purple that's further away. However, if you draw yellow again, from what I understand, his rules are you don't get to move anymore.
0: I can't remember exactly, but that sounds correct. We'll have to ask him this weekend when we see him. But he is a big house rule fan. I remember him talking about this before that a lot of the games he plays, he has a sheet of paper with all the changes in rules that he finds to be more fun. And I don't know that I could ever do that to my games just to, you know, scrap rules and stuff. But also, I don't design games. So... There's a difference there. I'm going to have to see what some of his are so I can bring those up. But he house rules a lot of his games because he finds those changes to be more fun, makes them more interactive or more interesting. And that's just what he likes to do. And so there is a a big swath of people that go from modifying everything to people more like me where I don't modify anything.
1: See, I think I'm more likely to modify rules than Delton is, but I only modify them when Delton's not playing because I know how much it drives Delton insane. It really does. So like the other night we were playing, Alice and I were playing Patchwork and I can't remember what I did. Oh, I think I, I think we let ourselves move one piece or something like that. That's something that Delton would never let us do. Not that he controls the game or anything like that, but that he just doesn't like house rules.
0: That's not part of the rules. It's
1: not part of the rules.
0: <laughs> I am a rule stickler. I really am. But modifying rules, that's going to depend on you and your group. That's the big thing here with house ruling. Is what works for you, what works for the players around your table, and what does everyone agree on? I think that's the biggest thing.
1: The only rule in this house is that there's no house rule.
0: Yes. That's basically it. Pants, the optional. House ruling, absolutely not. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Keep that in mind <laughs> next time you
1: visit the Malt House Games Cave.
0: Yeah, right. But house rules are all over the place. It's something a lot of people do. And sometimes, you know, you create rules in that, and it may just be better but it's just something that's going to depend on your tastes and what you want to do with your group. Even though we don't house rule any of our stuff, we should still talk about what we do house rule. And now, join us for a Malt House Games Podcast special I-Size Question. So the question for the episode, and if you're wondering, no, we don't have a second beer tonight.
1: Our tummies are full.
0: We had a lot of dinner, but also a
1: lot of pasta. I've had
0: a lot of drainage and sinus headaches, and I've had a cough, and so I'm on medicine, and I don't feel a hundred percent, and so I didn't want to drink more than a half a beer tonight. I know one beer's not a lot.
1: Plus, you're still recovering from Hank and Rhonda's Mother's Day rendezvous.
0: I didn't have a ton there, but yeah, <laughs> Mother's Day rendezvous. Rendezvous. There you go. But we only have this one beer from Harpoon—that Duncan Coffee Porter. Uh, we're, we'll have two again next time, or at least we should. So the question is what is your favorite house rule? What's your favorite house rule? I don't know why I phrased it like there was more coming, the way the, the like emphasis was.
1: One that I really liked as a kid was when we played the game of life. Okay. If you were the youngest player, you got to choose your career before anyone else got to. We played with my mm. big cousins. They would always hand my butt to me because I was, turns out, six, and they were like 18, 19, 20. We played board games at Grandma's house, and I would always get my butt handed to me, so I really liked it whenever I got to choose my career first. I was also a bratty little kid. I was like, I want to be a teacher and make $100,000 a year because I was idealistic. So I liked that house rule growing up.
0: I could see that. Life was one that we played a lot in my house, but I can't think if we did any different rules or anything like that.
1: Did you know you can get pets for life now?
0: Oh, they have all kinds of stuff. There, there's a lot.
1: So what's your favorite house rule, Delty Poo?
0: I don't know. Exactly. But the most memories I have around house rules would have to be playing Monopoly and using not only free parking, but we used to have a bankruptcy forgiveness. So, me and my friend Alex back in high school, or not high school, back in like elementary school and middle school, me and Alex used to play.
1: i say, y'all going hard to paint and geary high school playing life.
0: Right? No, this was Monopoly. We used to play it all the time. For hours and hours on end. But if somebody was going to have to pay up, you would basically document how much they owed you and forgive their bankruptcy, keep playing, and then when they had enough, they had to pay that back. Almost like you loaned them money. And we used to do that and played till like three in the morning one time. And so that was the biggest one I remember, and it was always fun.
1: That sounds like making a long game even longer.
0: Oh, it made it ridiculous. We played for like seven hours one time.
1: That sounds terrible. I mean, we played it once all the way through and almost ruined our marriage.
0: We're talking about Geary. We have nothing else to do. (laughs) There's either meth or Monopoly, and Monopoly's definitely the more (laughs) child-friendly choice. So that's going to be where that sits. But aside from that, I really can't think of any that I'm a huge fan of. And even then, I don't necessarily care for that anymore. However, I have the most fond memories of using that house rule.
1: As do I, being a bratty little kid, back when I could be a brat.
0: I mean, you still are, but it's fine.
1: Just look at my eyeliner and forget it all.
0: Well, I think that wraps up the episode pretty nicely. I can't think of anything else we're missing or anything we meant to talk about. So I think we've got it covered. So thank you for listening to the Malthouse Games podcast. Our next episode, we should be talking about this board game retreat that we did this weekend when you're listening to this.
1: Whatever board game cafe we visit in Kansas City, Missouri.
0: The next weekend, we're going to go to Kansas City, Missouri with our friends Zach and Sarah on a weekend vacation uh, for Memorial Day weekend. So we'll be doing plenty of stuff there, hopefully documenting some of it. So that way we have more awesome content for the podcast. If you want to find us on social media to follow us for pictures of all these trips and voyages we're making, it is at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S-G-A-M-E-S on all social media. We are most active on Twitter. If you want to find us personally, I am at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K, Hayley is at
1: s q u i r r e l -L y g e e k
0: at Squirrely Geek. If you want to email us anything at all, especially if you've got a topic you want us to cover, any questions for us to answer on the show, or even a game you would like to hear our opinions about, email us, contact at malthousegames.com. I think that's everything. So until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Bye. Bye.